They were overjoyed at seeing the star. The Magi experienced exceeding joy when the light which had guided them from their homeland reappeared. They had renewed hope of completing their goal of meeting the newborn king of the Jews. The Magi were highly respected, educated students of philosophy, nature, and astrology. They are called wise men. Evidently, they were aware of the ancient oracles which pointed to a ruler of the world emerging from Judah. The Jewish historian Josephus, as well as the Roman historians Tacitus and Suetonius, who all lived during the half-century after Christ's death, testified to the widespread expectation current at the time of Jesus' birth. What set the Magi on their journey was the appearance of a so-called new star. Scholars tell us that in the years 7 and 6 BC, like just happened in December, there was a conjunction of the planets Jupiter and Saturn in the constellation Pisces. Together, the stars we saw in December didn't get this close, but if they were together, the stars would have given a brilliant appearance in the evening sky. And what is more, the Babylonians considered Jupiter as representative of Babylon's highest deity, Marduk. And Saturn, and this is fascinating, and I don't know why, but Saturn, they considered the cosmic representative of the Jewish people. From this planetary encounter, Babylonian astronomers were able to conclude that there had been a universally significant event the birth in the land of the Jews of a ruler who would bring salvation. Therefore, the, the Magi represent a search, man's search, for the true God. Obviously, if they had been content with their own religion, they would have stayed in their homeland. We can rightly intuit that the wise men experienced a restlessness of spirit. And St. Matthew implies that as they neared Jerusalem, the star had been obscured for a time, thus causing them to ask the question that set Jerusalem into excitement. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? And imagine their amazement, imagine their amazement when nobody could tell them. You know what they were talking about. When they left Jerusalem and headed south toward Bethlehem, the star reappeared and they were overjoyed. The star led them, the star led them to the Christ child. They saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Today's feast is called the Epiphany. It refers to the Christ manifestation to the Gentiles. The visit of the Magi begins the fulfillment of the prophecy from the book of Isaiah, which was heard in our first reading. Nations shall walk by your light, and kings by your shining radiance. Yes, a ruler of the world had come, the one who would bring universal salvation. And this is the reason why the Feast of the Epiphany has been given such importance in the church, even from the very beginnings. 
All are called to salvation in Christ. As St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in the passage we have as today's second reading, the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Here we see the epiphany's full meaning in our lives, my friends. God loves everyone. And that love is personal. Personal, individual. The child of Bethlehem is the answer which our restless heart seeks. Christ satisfied the Magi's restlessness of spirit. He, and only he, can fulfill ours. The Lord Jesus is the answer to the question which is every human life. We, disciples of Christ, as such, are members of his body and thus sharers in Christ's promise of salvation. And this is the greatest distinction, dear brothers and sisters, the greatest gift which we can receive in our lives. And the gift comes from God. For this reason, it can be truly said of each one of us that the glory of the Lord shines on you. Dear brothers and sisters, we must share this magnificent gift, the joy of salvation and God's love with others. The age in which we live is reflected in the oracle from Isaiah. Darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the people. So many of our neighbors, friends, even relatives are living their lives in the darkness of secularism, relativism, materialism, and spiritual indifference. Deep down, they have a restless spirit. Their hearts are in search of authentic love. And Christ demands that we share the joy of the gospel with them. We must speak about God's love for us revealed in His Son, His Son Jesus, of our love for the Lord, and of our hope in the promise of eternal life. We must tell them why living the Catholic faith makes us happy. We must not be like the inhabitants of Jerusalem who could give the Magi no answers to their questions. However, our witness to those in darkness will be credible only to the extent that we truly live the faith we profess. Whether they articulate it or not, that is what the people of our time are longing to see. By being living witnesses to faith in Christ as members of the church, we are, in St. Paul's words, co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. When they found the newborn king, when they found the newborn king, the Magi opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Today, once again, with gratitude, we open the treasure of our hearts to the little child of Bethlehem. We invite him anew to be the light of our lives. He is the giver of true joy. So my friends, let us recommit ourselves to the gospel and Christ's kingly rule over us. Today's psalm reminds us that the Messiah will rule with judgment and justice and he shall bring profound peace. Peace as it says 
till the moon be no more. So let us place ourselves under the Lord's protection. At this Holy Mass, let us deepen our friendship and love for the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Magi, the sign of the King's presence was a star. For us, it is the most blessed sacrament. In today's holy sacrifice, let us see the living sign of God's presence and love among us and be overjoyed. <laughs>